You're listening to the Stellar Life Project podcast. My name is Deborah Stellingworth. I'm obsessed with systems and strategies to help you create a sustainable lifestyle and still enjoy optimal success on your terms in your career or business. The Stellar Life Project is about how we can make a difference in the world, first for ourselves and then for others. I've had successful careers in education and business before my hyperachiever, perfectionist tendencies led me to such extreme burnout that I woke up to find both my health and my marriage in crisis. On my journey to find a better way, I created the Stellar Life Project, which led me to create a coaching business that supports others on their path to establishing a sustainable lifestyle, doing the work they love and generating the income they want. In this podcast, I share from my experience as business owner and coach, and I host conversations with inspiring leaders and business owners to give you the tried and true strategies to help you expand and create your own stellar life. Hello, stellar friends. How are you? And how much time are you spending in your zone of genius? Welcome to the Stellar Life Project podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. And today we are going to talk about your zone of genius, how you can spend more time there, how to know what it is, all the things zone of genius, because the Stellar Life Project is really founded and based on this question. It started because of that question. So I want to take you a little deeper on that in this episode today. So... That question, how much time are you spending in your zone of genius, is what started this whole thing. And by this whole thing, I mean my career in coaching, this podcast, everything else that I've done since I read that book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, coming up on four years ago now. And that question was posed to me as I was reading it. And answering that question has led me down some pretty cool roads. And one of them was the one that ended up right here in this chair. And just before I press record on this episode, I said to Brayden, my producer, I feel like such a grown up doing this podcast. And what I meant by that was that I am a grown up in business. I'm producing content. I'm putting it out there. I'm really, really in my genius of teaching. and no surprise. I shared that in the intro episode. And if you know me at all, you follow me anywhere, you know, my background is in education before I went into business and I am a teacher. And so the question, how much time are you spending on your zone of genius came to me at a time where I was feeling really stuck and I definitely wasn't in my zone of genius. I was depressed. I was exhausted. I was burnt out. I just wanted to lay on the floor all the time. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I kept making all kinds of excuses that I had perimenopause, I had the flu, you know, just I didn't know what it was. And then I came across that question and I thought, oh, there could be something here. But interestingly enough, the space that I was in, my first thought was, I don't have a zone of genius. I'm not special. And Then I sat with that question for a couple of weeks trying to figure out, because I just had this feeling that answering the question, what is my zone of genius, was actually going to lead me out of the dark wood that I was in and lead me into a place where I was feeling happier again. 
and where I was feeling more fulfilled with the the work I was doing and the life I was living. But it took me a while to get there. It took me a couple of weeks, actually, to land on this idea of what my, or clarity, not an idea, land on the clear distinction of what my genius is. And the funny thing was that I knew all along, and I think you do too. So if you are having that response to my question, how much time are you spending in your zone of genius? You're thinking, I don't have a genius. I'm not special. Trust me, you've got your genius. It's that unique gift that you just know in your gut you're doing the right thing and it inspires you. And so when I finally settled down a little bit and stopped telling myself I'm not special, then I was able to get clear that, yes, my zone of genius is teaching. Because when I was a teacher, I loved what I was doing every day. I just loved interacting with the students and supporting them in their growth and helping them to expand to their full potential, knowing that they were going to take that and go out into the world and impact others. And that really, really inspired me and made me feel like I was doing something really purposeful. And I know I was really good at it because I was the teacher that, you know, my class would be full and kids would be knocking on the door saying the counselor said I could come in your class if you said it was okay. Because we had these class size limits, but there's always a little bit of wiggle room. Not always, but there's usually a little bit of wiggle room there. And so I know that I was inspiring kids and helping them to see the importance of language and learning and the impact of that communication in their lives. And I know I was making a difference. So when I realized that, I started wondering, well, what can I do with that now? Because as you know, if you listen to the earlier episodes, I left teaching because of a car accident. I can't actually do the degree of handwriting that's required of a high school English teacher. I had to do something different. And so when I realized that I was in this space because I hadn't been living in my zone of genius. I hadn't been teaching and doing the things that I love to do. And I tried to do this, actually. Um, I hadn't articulated what the genius was when I was in real estate. And, And a big part of real estate is educating people. So there was some degree of satisfaction of using my skills as a teacher to educate my clients. But it was limited the amount of being a teacher that I could do when I was a realtor. And so I wasn't quite fulfilled. It was like, oh, I was always wanting more. So when I realized, oh, I just I need more of that. That's going to help me feel better if I'm doing more of that. And then I wondered, well, what am I going to do with this genius that I have, this zone of genius? Because I can't go back to teaching because it's going to be the same problem. I know because when I, even now it's been 11 years since that accident. And if I write too many notes, I end up with having to go to the chiropractor and the massage therapist and, and deal with all of that. So I know that, you know, going back to teacher and besides, I didn't want to be teacher anymore. I didn't, once I got out of it, I was like, it's crazy to be awake at seven 30, you know, awake at six o'clock in the morning to be in front of other people's kids by seven 30 or eight o'clock. I just don't want to do it anymore. I like my morning routine. I'm always up early, but I like a slow morning and I don't see clients before 10 o'clock now. So I knew I didn't want to go back to there. Physically, I couldn't do it, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. And um, once you taste the freedom of entrepreneurship, it's hard to go back. So I'm wondering, what am I going to do with this urge I have to teach? And what can I teach now if I'm not going to be a teacher? And it was really obvious to me that I had learned a lot in my time in real estate, it was uh, at that point five or six years I'd been in the business and 
you know, when I do anything, I do it all in and I learned as much as I could. I hired a real estate coach with a Richard Robbins International, one of the biggest uh, real estate coaching companies in Canada. And I worked with them and I went to all of the conferences and I read all the books and I went to other people's conferences and I listened to podcasts from other realtors and other people in the real estate industry. And so I just learned as much as I could. And what I found was really interesting is that I learned from my experience in real estate and my very first coach was wonderful. And I, I hats off to her. She was a marketing coach and I worked with her for a little while. She really helped me build my confidence. And then after a time I realized, well, I actually need to work with somebody in the real estate industry specifically who understands the specific lifestyle and specific lead generation methods in real estate and how to grow the business in real estate because it is a little bit different than in other in other industries. And so what I realized though is that while real estate is one of the only organized professions that has a coaching industry around it, what I learned in the real estate coaching training and all of that also applied to other business owners. Now, if I was to go to, I've been to other business conferences, for example, where they're talking more in general to entrepreneurs and it doesn't always transfer back to real estate. But what I learned in real estate transferred forward for sure to other businesses. I've worked with photographers and painters and I've worked with a project manager for residential luxury real estate properties. I work with leaders in organizations. I've worked with a woman who does PR and, you know, I've done a lot of different clients and I find that I can transfer the things I learned in the real estate business training to them, though I wouldn't necessarily have been able to transfer backward. Anyway, so all of that, I'm like, I have all this knowledge and I, I know that I can bring something of value to other people to help them have more success in their business, to have them more success in their careers even. Because a big part of what I learned in the real estate coaching and training was the importance of leadership and communication and language is my background, of course, because I have a master's degree in rhetorical studies as and Shakespeare. And so what I learned in my time in real estate business and training was the importance of learning the language of business, the learning the language of sales and the language of leadership. And I wanted to teach that. And so I started, I thought, okay, I'm going to have a YouTube channel. I'm going to teach these things and I'm going to have this blog and this vlog and all of that. And my husband thought I was losing my mind. Um, what I was really trying to do was find a way to live from my zone of genius, which is teaching. I am a teacher. Anybody who knows me knows that if I learn something, I want everybody else to know about it. If it's something good that's going to make your life better, I want you to know. And that's what a teacher is, is someone who has an insatiable hunger for learning and has the need to share that with other people to enrich their lives. And so as I was trying to find a way to use my skills and be in my zone of genius. I experimented with a few different things. And I even said to one of my friends who's a coach, if ever I were to become a coach, I would use this philosophy of the big leap to help other people get into their zone of genius, because I think it's so important that we're living in our zone of genius if we're going to, A, be happy in our lives, which 
Why wouldn't we want that? And B, make an impact on other people, which ultimately then has this ripple effect on the world. And so she said to me, you should become a coach. And at the time I was like, I am not starting another business. I'm too exhausted. But it didn't take long for me to kind of warm to that idea. But I wasn't still ready to start my business as a coach. So my real estate coach, uh, Dana Richard, shout out to you. I said, what do I need to do to be a coach for your company? And Dana recommended the same coaching training school that my friend had recommended. And I was like, okay, I'm slow, but usually if you tell me something twice, I'll, I'll listen. So off I went to my CTI training and realized, oh, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm on the planet was to do this work. And so while I thought I was in fully in my zone and teaching, I'm realizing I was mostly in my zone when I was teaching. And I am so grateful that circumstances brought me to this place where I got to choose. And we all always have a choice for this, by the way. And it takes courage to choose it because it means doing something different. So even for me, knowing I needed to be more in my zone of genius, I resisted becoming a coach because it was something new and it was something, it was going to take some work to build a coaching practice. And so I did have some resistance. And here's what I learned. When you are living in and from your zone of genius, it's not that hard. I built a successful real estate practice and I was exhausted. Partly because of, and it was me, it was my, it's the industry, but it's also my perfectionism and my hyperachiever tendencies. And I wasn't fully in my zone. So yeah, it was exhausting. And then when I shifted into coaching, it was astonishing. I'm still astonished by it. It's been over three years now and I'm still astonished by how easy it's been to, not to say that I'm not working and building something and putting effort in, but there's been an ease to it as I'm coming from this place of being really inspired and really feeling like I'm using my gifts to their fullness. And that's what this podcast has been about is actually bringing that to another level. This is why I said I felt like a grown up in my business because now I'm expanding even further into my zone of genius so that I can reach more people and inspire them to step into their zone of genius. So all of that to say you do have a zone of genius and I'm going to share with you how you can identify that zone of genius and give you some tips about how you can spend more time in it. So now this is important for entrepreneurs, yes, and it's also for professionals too because even if you are not running your own business, this is important because two places because when you are in a leadership role in your organization, if you're not in your zone of genius, you will not be as effective as you could be as if you were in your zone of genius. And another piece is that your job as a leader, I feel this so strongly, your job as a leader is to make sure your team members, your direct reports, your employees are living in their zone of genius. Because I guarantee you, you will have more loyalty, more productivity, and just more fun together at work if everybody's in their zone of genius. Okay. And so whether you're an entrepreneur or professional, this is for you and you can take something from it. So how do you find your zone of genius? Well, the first thing we want to look at is what might be blocking you from your zone of genius. So I mentioned before that I was 
made me afraid of a little bit of a change, right? I I wasn't quite willing to expand to my full potential because oh, it just seemed like something new and how was I going to do that? And and sometimes people aren't willing to step out of their familiar zone even if they're super uncomfortable to try that thing that's going to allow them to be in their zone of genius. Um, I'm thinking of uh, the episode that I recorded earlier today with Nikki Shook from NSPR. And she said, you'll never know how brightly you can shine if you don't step out and let yourself shine, right? You'll never know what you can do if you don't let yourself shine. And so if you're not willing to let yourself shine, you're not going to be able to find your zone of genius. But if you're willing to let yourself shine, you will find your zone of genius and you can move in there a little bit at a time. Okay. Some people say they can't enjoy their genius because how can I do a job in that? And sometimes for people, it's not actually not work related as much. You know, for, for some people, like for me, my work has to be meaningful. It has to be tied to my genius or I just am not going to be satisfied. It's just such a drive in me. My husband is somebody who finds his satisfaction and he uses his gifts at his work, but he finds most of his satisfaction and uses his genius most outside of work. So it's not just a a work thing when we're talking about genius. So one of the ways that you can also, you know, block yourself from getting into your zone of genius is by self-sabotage. And you know that I'm a positive intelligence, mental fitness coach, and I'll Put a link in the notes below so that you are the show notes of this so that you can um, do your saboteur assessment and find out what are your top saboteurs and what's keeping you from living your zone of genius. So more on the mental fitness stuff and the positive intelligence, another, another episode. Let's get into the ways that you can identify your zone of genius. You can ask these questions. What do I love to do most? You love it so much that you can do it for long stretches of time without getting tired or bored. Recently, a young woman said to me, I'm not sure what I want to do with my life. I said, well, what do you like? What's that thing you love to do most? And she said, I love to talk. I love to talk to people. And there's so many things you can do with that. You could be a coach. She could be a broadcaster a podcaster. There's lots of things you can do if you like to talk. You can be a teacher. So, you know, I love the way that she phrased it because I I, I say that, you know, I love teaching, but I think ultimately I love talking too. So I I smiled when she said that. So some of you, that's not going to be true. So what do you love most to do? You could do it all day long without getting tired or bored. That's question number one. Question number two, what work do I do that doesn't seem like work? You can do it again with all, all day long without feeling tired or bored. So there's um, not a really clear distinction for me between work and life because I just, I, I am astonished daily. I, I, this is marvelous that I get to do this work because right now me sitting here in the Podfather's studio doing this episode of the Stellar Life Project podcast is work technically. And I could do this all day long. It's super fun for me to to do this. And it's super fun for me to have conversations with my clients. And in those conversations, a single insight can change their lives. And I know that even hearing this episode about the zone of genius, it's going to change somebody's life because they're going to take 
the question seriously like I did and they're going to answer it and they're going to take some time to figure out what it is. And then they're going to go and move into their zone of genius and they're going to impact all kinds of people in a massive way and ways that we sometimes can't even measure. Like so much of what we do when we step into our zone of genius, we don't even realize the impact we're having, but I know we are. So what is that work that you do that doesn't seem like work? Question number three, to find your zone of genius. So in your work, whether it's in your business or in your profession or your role, if you're working for someone else, what produces the highest ratio of abundance and satisfaction to the amount of time spent? So even if you only do it for 10 seconds or a few minutes of it, and an idea or a deeper connection may spring forth that leads to huge value. For example, maybe it's taking time to think and meditate. You know, I have one of my clients, she's a marketing director for a a major development firm. And I know for her that she is super creative and thoughtful and she can do that work when she's visioning how she's going to position the project or the initiative that they're working on. And she's also a wonderful leader in empowering her team to use their zone of genius. So, you know, it's that when she spends time giving into her team members, she gets incredible results. So I would say she's definitely in in her genius there when she is supporting and encouraging her team. So that's question number three. What produces the highest ratio of abundance and satisfaction to the amount of time spent? So for me, it's teaching. As I said, in real estate, I couldn't get enough time teaching. And so I moved into coaching. And not that I'm doing all the talking, by the way, in a coaching session. This is why I need the podcast because then I can do, I can do all the talking or uh or most of it when I'm not doing an interview, but it gives me great satisfaction. So question number four, this is a one that's going to stretch you a little bit. You may have to spend some time with this. So let's take a deep breath and, and think about this new way of thinking about yourself. This fourth question invites you to think about you, who you are in, in kind of unusual terms. So it asks you to identify that unique priceless gift that you carry within yourself. And If you explore what is that special thing that you can do that you may not think is that special because you're so used to it. And that's another thing about the zone of genius is that we tend to think we don't have it because we think it's just normal. And then we realize, oh, it's actually not normal. Not everybody has this. So for example, I am, among other things, I'm a teacher, but I'm also a connector. And it comes across because I had this ability to synthesize data. And that data might be that this person needs to meet this person because if I introduce them, some cool magic is going to happen. Or it could be you said this, and then you said this, and then you said that, and then I bring it all together for you, and you see something that you never saw before in a limiting belief or even in a Um, inspiring vision that you've been holding but couldn't get quite clear. And so I have this ability to synthesize data and make connections in a way that is relational. 
some people have the ability to synthesize data in a way that's not relational. They might, I don't know, do mathy stuff and science stuff and and maybe not connect so much with re- relationships. So there's different ways that that gift could show up. For me, it's very relational in making connections and synthesizing data and information. So as you explore this aspect of yourself, it's not about self-flattery or expansion of your ego. It's a clear-eyed look at a deep innermost quality with the intention of applying that quality to make your own life and the lives of others more valuable. So let's go back before I give you the question. This is about going back to that notion of like, I don't have a zone of genius. I'm not special. Like, yes, you are because there's only one of you on the planet. So yes, you are very special because you're unique. There is nobody else quite like you. I am not the only person who has the gift of synthesizing data in a very relational way, but nobody else does it quite the way I do it. And whatever your genius is, nobody else does it quite the way you do it. And so you are unique. You are special. So get over all of this nonsense of like, I'm not special. Okay. And it's not about being go like, I'm all that, but it is celebrating who you are as an individual who's unique and can have an impact in the world if you're willing to let yourself shine brightly. So here's the question. What is my unique ability? That special skill that I'm gifted with. Now, this unique ability, fully realized and put to work, can provide enormous benefits to you and to others because it will allow you to make your highest, best contribution in the world. So that last question was, what is my unique ability? I know a really short question that required a lot of lead-in explanation, but what is your unique ability? That when you're doing it, you feel like you're having an impact. You feel like you're doing what you're here for. You have that feeling, like I had that day in my first day of coach training. Ah, this is what I'm here for. It's the feeling I have every day now. It's the feeling I have right here in this moment. This is what I am here for. So what is your unique ability? So quick recap. There's the four questions. What do you love most to do? What do you do that doesn't seem like work? What produces the highest ratio of abundance and satisfaction to the amount of time spent? And what is your unique ability? My friends, those are the questions you need to ask yourself to discover your zone of genius. And then the next step after that is looking at how you can spend more time in it. That's where it's really great to speak to somebody who's not inside your head, a coach, a mentor, a friend or family member. Sometimes family members don't see it quite as clearly as you might need them to because they see you looking, they're fine, you're fine, you're fine, it's all fine because in their world, everything's fine for you. So it's um, useful to talk to somebody who's from the outside who maybe doesn't have any kind of reason for wanting you to stay exactly how you are. And not, not that it's a bad thing, but our people in our environment don't like us to change. It's just the way it is because we all look for stability all the time. And so when we start making changes, then that can be um, a challenge to people around us. Another episode coming on that one. So how to spend more time in your zone of genius? Well, find out what it is and then 
Take some time to brainstorm. How are ways you can spend more time there? And you may not get it right the first time. I didn't. I thought I was going to be a vlogger. And I realized I don't want to be an influencer and just be vlogging and doing things like that. I wanted to actually have an impact on individuals. And then once I was able to grow that, then I was like, okay, now I'm ready to have more of this. Now I'm ready to also speak out and do videos and podcasts and longer uh, talks like this. So you're going to have to do some brainstorming and some experimenting, and then it will all come together for you. Now, why should you find your zone of genius? Because you'll then be able to live a more inspired life. You'll live a more purposeful life. I guarantee you'll be more productive. I know when I'm in my zone of genius, I'm much more productive. I get a lot more done. When I'm trying to do things outside of my zone of genius, like, I don't know, when I was in real estate and I was doing property searches, I wanted to lay my face on the keyboard and go to sleep most of the time. I could do it. It made me sleepy because I wasn't in my zone. And then I didn't mention the other zones. Maybe talk about that another time, but there's like three other zones. Your zone of incompetence, your zone of competence, and your zone of excellence. I was in my zone of excellence. I was a realtor. Did really, I was excellent. It wasn't filling my soul though, like the, my zone of genius did. Uh, zone of competence is that place where like, I can do my accounting. I think there's somebody else who can do it better than me. And then zone of incompetence, that one's pretty obvious. So when you're in your zone of genius, you are more inspired, more purposeful, more productive, and more impactful on yourself, your own life, and the quality of your life, and the lives of people around you, the ones you serve and the ones you live with. And the more time you spend there, expanding into the fullness of your possibility and allowing yourself to shine brightly, the happier you're going to be, the more fulfilled you're going to be, and the more inspired other people will be by your example. And so that is what the Stellar Life Project has been about for me is getting myself into my zone of genius more and more and helping other people to do the same. And so that's what my longing for you is, is that you will increase the amount of time you spend in your zone of genius. And if you need help with that, reach out and we can have a conversation about how to get you more into your zone of genius. That's it for today, folks. How much time are you spending in your zone of genius and are you willing to increase the amount of time you spend there? Stay stellar. See you next time.